0: All right, welcome back again, everybody, to the South End Zone. Uh, The season previews continue. This week we'll be looking at the Big 12. Uh, I'm here with Jason and Tim, as always. Uh, Jason, I was a little bit surprised with the Big 12. I honestly really wasn't looking forward to this conference, but as I kind of dug into it a little more, it's a little more up for grabs than I thought and maybe a little... Dare I say, deep and, and evenly spaced? What What were your thoughts as, when we started looking at these teams?
1: A little. <laughs> I I don't know that there's a, a clear-cut favorite. I mean, you could uh, just go off historically and look at the records and be like, oh, Oklahoma, there, you know, pencil them in. But I, I I don't think that's the case this year. I I mean, we saw at media days there was five teams that got first-place votes to win the conference. So, and in Vegas, uh, fucking Texas was the betting favorite. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's a weird year in the Big 12, man, I, but I'm excited to uh, dive into it.
0: Yeah. I. It, the more I look at what people are, are saying about the Big 12, the less I think that anybody knows anything. Tim, what do you think?
2: I think you guys are crazy for not getting excited about this conference, man. It's the, the conference of Gundy. It's uh, the conference of, you know, Uh, Kansas beating Texas. There's just all kinds of excitement all over the place. I can't wait for this, man.
0: I knew you wouldn't wait long to bring that up. No, and it's not that I I guess, well, I wasn't excited, but it's not like I'm not now. I I find the conference a lot more interesting than I thought I would going in. Because like Jason said, I thought it was maybe a two or three horse race and then everybody else. And it doesn't, you know, on closer examination, I don't have that same feeling. So we can go ahead and jump right into it. A team that got the, the second most uh, first place votes with 12 in the Big 12 media poll is uh, the Oklahoma Sooners, who for more or less the past decade have kind of owned the conference, uh, so to speak. But Jason, they uh, have a new coach, a uh, new quarterback, a lot of new, uh, and they have a Vegas total of 9.5. So what should we make of that?
1: Well, let's see. I mean, we know last year, uh, Doctor Thunder started off the season as the preseason Heisman favorite. Ended up losing his job, transferred to South Carolina, and of course Caleb Williams took over. And then he transferred to USC, followed Lincoln Riley there. So we know all that. Now uh, this team did lose a bunch more in transfers, but they brought in a few as well. Now, as far as returning starters goes, they've got you know about ten, roughly. Uh, you know guys that pretty much were starters last year you know it's pretty evenly split between offense and defense but i i don't want to be i mean yeah it's just too easy to say oklahoma is the best team in the big 12 and they're gonna win whatever I, i'm not gonna go there this year that's kind of the approach i took last year i'm like well everybody else sucks oklahoma is the only team with any talent but i don't think that's the case now i think it's a little bit more even so Breaking them down a little bit on the offense, I I like Dylan Gabriel a lot. He's coming over from UCF uh, and his offensive coordinator, Jeff Lebby, who spent the last two seasons at Ole Miss lighting up the scoreboard, was Gabriel's offensive coordinator at UCF. You know, he knows the system. So as long as Gabriel can stay healthy, which is a big if, I think, you know, he'll make the offense go. Now, outside of Marvin Mims, who I think is probably, you know, their top, Pass catcher. Outside of him, the rest of their skill players are kind of a bunch of unknowns, just kind of guys. You know, Kennedy Brooks is off to the NFL. I, I'm not really going to go in deep on their skill players. I think that's just a bunch of just dudes. I don't really think they've got any big freaks. You know, if you were going to compare them, they don't have anybody the caliber of like Xavier Worthy at Texas. Okay. So as far as the rest of them go, I mean, the offensive line, it should be better. They allowed a lot of sacks last year, 33. I expect those numbers to improve a little bit, but, oh, God, defensively. Eric, I know you're going to throw some stats at me uh, about their piss-poor tackling. It was a dumpster fire on defense last year. They didn't tackle a soul. I expect some of that to improve under Venables, maybe just you know a little bit like we've talked in the offseason, but I don't expect it to be some huge turnaround on defense where they're allowing 20 points a game. So, all in all, I'm on the under because I don't – I think it's just too many testy road games, man. Texas is a neutral site. That's a wild card. We don't know. Kansas State at home, eh, could be an upset. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Kansas State upset them. At Nebraska, could be tough. At Iowa State, who knows? At West Virginia, who knows? But Oklahoma State and Baylor, I don't like them to really beat either one of those teams this year, if I'm being honest. I just don't, I don't know. I think Oklahoma lost too much. I think they are a year away from getting back to winning 11, 12 games, whatever. And a final note on them. I kind of wonder about the culture because as we know, I mean, I know you guys saw where uh, your boy Gundy's brother, he got fired under the table, but then he resigned because he uh, read some kid's iPad out loud to the whole group and it included the N-word and it was uh, not good. So a lot of hoopla over that. So I kind of wonder about the culture. And what's going on? You know, a couple of weeks ago, Venables was in that press conference talking about it's drinking from a fire hose and just saying a bunch of weird stuff. I just, I don't know, man. I'm on the under on this team, and I I think they're a year away. So I, I penciled them in for nine wins,
0: dropping three along the way. All right, fair enough. Timmy, How do you, where you got them?
2: So I'm on the other side of the fence with them. Um, I know Jason said it would kind of maybe be like the easy answer to look at and say it's just Oklahoma, easy answer. They're going to be better than everybody else. But I'm on the over, but for kind of different reasons than than you would think. You know, I know they did lose a lot of players um, due to transfer and other things when Lincoln Riley left, but. They still have a lot of talent on that roster because, I mean, they've recruited well over the years. And, you know, if anyone is is accustomed to kind of reloading a team rapidly versus rebuilding, you know, it's Brett Venables. He's been accustomed to that at Clemson for a very long time. And I don't think the cupboard is quite bare in Norman. Um, There's still plenty of meat on the bone for Venables to work with. And, you know, overall, I think the Big 12 is a lot closer this year than it really has been. But I still think Oklahoma has, you know, the talent to get it done. So I think they can win 10 games and I'm going to take the over, man. Oof, fair enough.
0: Okay. I didn't realize I was going to be the contrarian, or not the, the contrarian, but uh, kind of the swing vote here. So while I respect the entirety of the argument you made, Timmy. And there was a lot of truth to that. I am still on the under because mm. I, I think the conference as a whole is maybe better this year than it has been for mo- you know much of the past decade. There's just too much new for me to say that they're they're only going to lose two games. Um, you know, Jason, I'm with you. I don't like the Baylor and Oklahoma State game. Um, I, so it's really it's just kind of a I guess a comfort thing. Uh, or a confidence thing. I, you know, I'll be, you know, you're right about the talent. I mean, it's not like they're Akron or somebody. I, they, I will be stunned if they don't win eight games, and I think they'll probably win nine. But I'm, I would not lay money on them getting to ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm completely poo-pooing. Them. I guess I should give them some credit. I mean, they they still scored almost 40 points a game last year. They're still probably going to do that. I mean, most of the teams in the def- in the Big 12 don't play any fucking defense. So it's not like they're going to just come out and suck. It wouldn't shock me if they went fucking 12-0. But I'm just not willing to bet that. I think they're... With all the new and the new coach and the questions about the culture and things, I it's just it's too risky a bet, man. So give me the under.
2: Yeah, and I'm not sitting here yelling at you guys, telling you you're fucking stupid for taking the under either. You know what I mean? This is it's a good number from Vegas. I just like them to maybe steal a game or two. Honestly, that's just me. Yeah.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so let's move on to a team that no one is expecting to be a uh, uh, in the discussion for for a big 12 title. And that is the red Raiders of Texas tech, uh, with a new coach, Jason, they have a, a total, uh, five and a half, right? Yes. Five, five and, a half.
1: and a half.
0: Okay. So if I had $50 and a gun to my head and I had to bet one or the other, which way do you think I should lean?
1: Well, uh, I, if you've got a gun to your head on this team, it's probably a revolver and you're playing Russian roulette because it, this guy, this team man I swear to God I I crossed out under and over so many times that it like I don't have any more room on my notes and
0: yeah I, I got a bunch as well
1: like okay let me tell you the things I like about them okay the things that I like about them is that they brought in Zach Kitley from Western Kentucky and he was also at Houston Baptist so who's he got a lot of familiarity with your boy Bailey Zappy the guy who just lit the scoreboard on fire broke Jer- Joe Burrow's records and shit. So, this dude knows how to, you know, put an exciting offense on the field. And I think Texas Tech is trying to kind of get back to that, what they used to do, you know, where they threw it 75 times a game and lit up the scoreboard. And I, I think that's what they want to get back to. That's what people yeah, want to go see.
0: back to trying to win every game 52
1: 48. Yes, uh, precisely. And so. <laughs> Whether or not they can do that, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they've got 12 starters coming back. They surprised a little bit last year. And, you know, I don't know. I don't don't know if you guys remember, but they were, I believe, five and three. Let's see. Yeah, they were
0: five and three. You're talking about when they fired their coach?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, five and three. Yeah, they were five and three and Kansas State, comes back and gets a last-second win with a field goal, and they just fire him. <laughs> they, you know, they just fire Matt Wells. Like, bye. So, kind of a shocker, and nobody really understood why. And then they, you know, lose three out of – or they lose three out of their next four. And I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of this team. Like, it, they – They did surprise in the bowl game and light fucking Mike Leach's ass on fire. Still pisses me off. I can't believe he dropped that game. Had a chance for the revenge tour and blew it. But all in all, man, I'm not going to go deep into this team because they have low expectations. They have, I would say, a soup sandwich situation, kind of like Timmy likes to say, a quarterback. I don't know if this kid can really light the world on fire, but with that kind of coaching, maybe so. But ultimately, man, I'm not willing to bet On them making a bowl game, I'm going to take the under at five wins, but it's a reluctant under or over. I had them anywhere from like four and eight to eight and four. (laughs) I honestly have no fucking idea what this team is going to do.
0: Well, you should know that. Yeah, I I got hung up on them. Uh, The further I went into this whole conference, so many of these over-under picks for all these different teams kind of hinged on how good are Texas Tech and TCU going to be. Because those are the two teams that I boy a week ago I would have said yeah they'll they'll probably go three and nine and well now West Virginia so Ta- sure. We-
1: yeah West Virginia is another one of those
0: yeah so the I think the balance in the conference makes this one maybe the most difficult one we've done so far having said that even though I really dislike their out of conference schedule with Houston and at NC State on it and a road game at Oklahoma State and then they get Oklahoma and Baylor at home. Uh, I'm going to say they do get to a bowl game and I'm going to say that they do go six and six. So I'm going to take the over on five and a half. Timmy, what do you got?
2: So you guys have both already kind of touched on my breaking points for them because I as well kind of went back and forth on over and under, not quite as drastically as, as Jason did. Um, you know, thinking eight wins or four wins, you know, I, I think they're somewhere in the middle, but Honestly, it boiled down to two things for me. One, I don't like their non-conference schedule at all. Like you said, Houston and NC State, those are tough games for Texas Tech. And then the fact that their philosophy in a nutshell is going to try to be, let's win every game 100 to 98. And, you know, we're going to pretend that we have a defense, but we don't. I I could maybe see six wins for them, but until they at least try to play defense— I can't take the over on them, so I got to go with the under on Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, I mean, just a quick note, like, you talk about – we talked about TCU a little bit, and we – a lot of the – they're kind of the swing vote on a lot of teams, kind of like Texas Tech. I mean, TCU beat them like 52 to 30 last year. Just dropped 50 on them, and TCU wasn't good. And so I just – you fire a coach that has a winning record, and then the guy who replaces him loses three out of four and wins his bowl game? I, I, I'm i not buying it, man. I just – I can't buy into them being good, even with the new offensive coordinator and all that. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I'm a Zach Kittry believer, I guess. you know He guided Bailey Zappi to the South End Zone 2021 Conor McGregor Award, so <sighs> – the fuck is that, guy? that shit was rigged so jason i'm going to round you off with your last team uh karate state also known as the kansas state wildcats come into the year with a six and a half win vegas total so a little more optimistic outlook from las vegas uh than texas tech has k-state i want to say they were like seven and three or eight and three at one point and they were sort of in the discussion towards the end of the year i was a little surprised to see that number for them uh should i have been
1: Okay, like, they they did go 8-5 and last year. They had a, you know, they lost their last two games. So, I mean, they had a good chance. They lose into Baylor by 10 points. I'm not going to hang them out to dry for that. But they kind of choked it off against Texas to close out the year, 22-17. to So, was on the road. They were a two-point dog. But it just, they could have won that game and they choked. But regardless, looking forward to this year, they've got 14 starters back. And in case nobody knew, Adrian Martinez is uh, still eligible. He's in his 17th season. And uh, he is has transferred over from Nebraska, and he's taken over at Kansas State, or at least that's what we expect. I don't think Will Howard gets the nod there over Martinez. So something about Adrian Martinez I thought I would never say. I think he's going to be good <laughs> by Adrian Martinez standards. I think he'll be better than he was at any point in nebraska i expect him to have his best season now that being said his best season it still might not be all that great but the key to this offense is obviously uh deuce vaughn i mean the dude at running back he's just this is he's one of those players that if he were to go down with an injury take the under all day because there's no depth behind him he's their best player he's a home run threat every time he touches the ball it's like oh shit what's about to happen so now their top three wide receivers are back. That's also good for Martinez because maybe their offensive line, you know, can protect a little better. I I think they'll be a little better than they were last year. They've got some experience back there. And then along the defensive line is where they're like really strong. They've got, a you know, a couple of really good defensive linemen. They played great a year ago, and I expect them to be good again now. Uh, DK Uzumwa, that dude, I mean, he'll be an NFL guy. I mean, he had 11 sacks last year. He just gets after the quarterback. He's a big fucking beast. So outside of that, their top two tacklers are back. And in the secondary, that's really my only concern on defense. They they might take a step back there because they did lose a lot of talent. So looking at their schedule, I have them penciled in for an easy over here. Honestly, I, I like them to start 3-0. and in the non-conference, I don't have any faith in and Missouri. So South Dakota, Missouri, Tulane, I like them to win all of those. At Oklahoma is a question mark. I mean, the conventional wisdom would say, oh, Oklahoma, they're going to win. Well, four of the last five games have been decided by a touchdown or less. So, and they've upset them before, a couple of, two, three years ago. So I don't know. It is on the road. Oklahoma's good there. So I penciled them in for a loss. I got them beating against, I got them winning against Texas Tech, Iowa State, TCU on the road is kind of a toss up, Oklahoma State loss, Texas toss up at Baylor loss. And then I like them to beat West Virginia and Kansas to close out the year. So, over, I think seven wins should happen, more likely they get to eight. I think is really possible. So, give me the over.
0: Okay, I'm going to just in the interest of time, I'm going to say I basically feel the exact same way and I think they'll win eight games. Timmy
2: Yeah, man, uh, we all must have cheated on the same question for this exam because I also got the number of eight. I I think their schedule sets up very well for them. I I think if you were giving me this total from last year's team and last year's Big 12, I probably would have went under. But just the regression for some of the teams on their schedule from last year, like the Iowa States, you know, that makes me comfortable uh, saying that they'll go over six and a half.
0: Yeah, at, at Iowa State has a much different feel for them than it did last year, I think. Maybe going into the last year and this season. Uh, not the same story. Okay, that was the first one. We kind of had uh, in the group chat, we had a discussion on how many of these we we're actually going to be unanimous on, and that was our one. Uh, yeah, gotta I don't get think- to,
1: Did we all take the under on that? that we uh, i could. did
0: i don't know if timmy chimed in but i i think we got one more coming for sure and then i don't think we're going to get to four but all we'll right. see well
1: let's well let's move forward because i'm i have been excited for this for weeks let's tee them yes. up timmy Tee okay. them so, up.
0: <laughs> so let's let's go on to the other team that i think we're going to all be unanimous on timmy Tell me about the Jayhawks. Last year, they had a win total of one and a half, and I think we all took the under, and they they made us look silly. This year, they come in with a two and a half win total. I I mean, fill me in. What's going on in Lawrence?
2: The mighty, mighty Jayhawks, man. Um, Like you said, they were two and ten last year, one and eight in the conference, but none of that matters. You know why? Uh, I don't know why. Tell me why. Because they beat Texas, okay? (laughs) I mean, you're never going to stop hearing that, at least for the foreseeable future. All right? I got to remind everybody about that. But look, let's be honest. They suck. We suck. They were horrendous <laughs> last year. They're going to be horrendous this year. But, but there is still an air of positivity with this team to, to a certain degree. You know, Lance Leopold had kind of a raw deal last year. He didn't actually get in the seat until like May of last year. So he didn't have any of the spring practices or anything with his team. He didn't know the roster. You know, he got a very late start. Um, so that handicapped a lot of last year. And, you know, obviously that's not the case this year. And, you know, combined with the fact that at the end of the year, they played, you know, kind of their best football. Like I said, they beat Texas and then they they played TCU and West Virginia pretty close. So you know, there was some positive things to take out of them.
0: They, they, had, uh, they gave Oklahoma everything they wanted.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean. Looking at this year's team, there, there's 17 of those kids coming back, nine on offense and eight on defense. And on the offensive side, they they finally have a little bit of solidarity at quarterback going into this year. Um, Jalen Daniels, if you remember him, he's the guy that came in late in the season when they played their best football, um, and he racked up 10 total TDs in those four games. So I mean, the kids, a, the kid's a playmaker. So that'll be you know a bright spot for them moving into this year. Um, the offensive line and the running game should both be improvements from last year because they're, they're pretty much bringing, you know, mostly all of those guys back. Um, but the wide receiver room is what's going to give them trouble on the offense. They're just a group that didn't have a lot of production last year or they're, you know, brand new to the team. So we'll see how that goes. But the defensive side of the ball is where, you know, things get scary. They gave up 500 points on defense last year and averaged 42 points a game. Like, Jesus Christ. Come on, guys. There's just not any quantifiable data that I can come up with to suggest that that's going to change. The players they have coming back aren't very talented. The only thing you could maybe point to is that, you know, they've had a year in development under this coaching staff uh, that maybe gets them a little better. But, I mean, if you're going from giving up 42 a game to 36 a game, that's, you know, still way too much, Um, especially in the Big 12 where you have a lot of high-flying offenses. And, you know, you better have an equally elite offense offense to to keep up or a very good defense to limit their impact uh and they don't have either of those my my final thoughts on them are you know i'm optimistic for them to improve as a team overall from last year but not in the win-loss column their schedule is just too tough you know i'd be on drugs looking at their schedule to say that i could confidently say they win three games
0: okay jason (laughs) (laughs) is this going to be one of are are we going to hit the over
1: I'll put it to you this way. This is not something I'm rushing to bet. Okay. Like if, I, if I'm going to go to the casino and lay a fucking bet, I would not bet on Kansas to go over. However, for the purpose of this podcast,
0: give me you, the over. You are not.
1: On, on two and a half. You kidding me?
0: Put down the crack pipe. Are you kidding? Am I on punked right now?
1: No, you're not. Okay. So I expect them to beat Tennessee Tech and Duke. Duke is fucking garbage. And it's at home. So give me the two wins right there out of the gate. Now, I think they steal one somewhere along the way. I don't think they beat Houston on the road. I think that's
2: eh. but Texas maybe. Oh, You God.
1: know, Iowa State is down. Maybe they steal one there. That's at home. I, just, I think there's a little more buzz. Like you said, at the end of the year, they started playing their best football. He's got a whole year in the system. And, yes, I can't find – a ton of quantifiable data other than just a year of experience like you, Timmy. But my, my favorite stat from what I could find on this team is the offensive line. I think, you know, because I'm of the opinion that nothing really matters if your offensive line is hot trash. Like eventually you're going to get exposed. And we saw that, like take Alabama versus Georgia in the title game. Alabama's offensive line got exposed, they lost. I think the offensive line is the strength of this team. They only gave up 16 sacks last year. I couldn't believe that when I read that. I was like, what? 16? I mean, for comparison, really? Al- Alabama gave up like 41. And six of those, by the way, were in one game against Coastal Carolina. So, I mean, 10 sacks outside of one game, that's it's pretty impressive for a Kansas team. They're bringing back 17 starters. I like them to beat Tennessee Tech and Duke, and I think they steal one somewhere along the way. So for not something I would bet actual money on, but for the purposes of this podcast, give me the over on the Jayhawks.
2: Good
0: God, I never, I never thought I would see the day. Wow, that's a lot. I don't know what to do with that. So I, I'll tell you, I was, I was closer to taking the over than maybe I would like to let on because I, you know, they're going to beat Tennessee Tech, um, Duke. I think they can win that. I'm not. That's not a gimme. For me, you know, could they beat TCU at home or go win at West Virginia? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're going to lose their last six games, period. Um, so if they don't get to 3-3, three and three, I just don't see it, and I'm not confident enough that they steal what I view as two 50-50 games. So I'm going to take the under on Kansas. Good call. Speaking <laughs> of TCU, uh, Timmy, they're next on your list. TCU, uh, new coach, Kind of the same expectations, I think they were at six and a half last year as well, but uh, you know bowl game or, or you know what what should we expect from them?
2: so the horn frogs man, a whole lot of uh, mediocrity for them as of late. they were five and seven last year and three and six in the conference, and they're going to bring back 13 players from last year, uh, six on offense and seven on defense and like you mentioned a new coach but it's a little bit different situation than most teams because they're replacing Gary Patterson who was there for 21 years Um, so Sonny Dykes has to step in and you know not get rid of but look to change and improve on a lot of things that have been cemented in that program for more than two decades um, and make it his own so that's going to be tough all in its own right But, you know, looking at the team coming onto the field, they have a legit quarterback battle going on. Max Duggan is is the senior uh, and returning starter from last year, who was a pretty decent player last year. But he's battling with a young kid who's actually an Oklahoma transfer in Chandler Morris. So I'll be interested to see, you know, how this plays out or if Sonny Dykes kind of gives them both split reps at the beginning of the year and, you know, lets it play out that way. So... I'm interested to see that. But the rest of the offense is is kind of like a jumble mash from last year where it's a lot of the same players, but some of them are moving around a little bit in their roles and their positions. so i'm not I'm not sure how I feel about that, but i I do acknowledge that you know when you get a new coaching staff in there, you often see things with moving the kids around a little bit to to fit their. You know what they do best on the field and get something different out of them Uh, and it often works out well so I will acknowledge that that it's not necessarily a negative but it is a question mark but overall I think Sonny Dykes will, will be a breath of fresh air for the program but like I said he does have his work cut out for him trying to you know put his footprint on gary patterson team that was coached there for 21 years and overall for me there's just too much new here and too many question marks for me to say that they'll get it all figured out perfectly Um, and i think taking the over six and a half would be perfect for them and i can't just assume that so i'm gonna take the under okay jason what are you taking
1: I'm on the over here. I'm a little bit – I'm kind of the opposite of what Timmy's saying. I I, I think that team quit on Gary Patterson. You just – you look at the stark difference between their numbers uh, between 2020 – well, really every year before last year. You know, I mean, look at the, the points per game that they gave up, like over the last five seasons, 19, 23, 26, 24, and then last year, 34. After a 3-4 and four star last year, I think they just quit on him. They averaged giving up 100 extra yards on the ground, only 15 sacks, just not your standard Gary Patterson defense. I think they just quit on him. I don't think they wanted to play for him. I can't really speak to why that happened, but I, I, I do believe they just quit on him and stopped playing hard. So, you know, I've got them. I, I mean, Timmy said 13 starters. I'm looking at about 16 or 17 here, so – you know, maybe I looked at it wrong. But regardless, I think with a ton of experience coming back, I like them to get to seven wins. I I do think they get to seven. Now, the schedule, yes, it is a little bit daunting. Oklahoma, they do get them at home, but they have to go to Texas, to Baylor, to West Virginia. They get Oklahoma State at home. So, Not the most favorable schedule, but also not the worst either. I'm mostly just excited to see Sonny Dykes play against SMU because they are super butthurt that he ejected and went to TCU. (laughs) So that game will be interesting. But ultimately, man, I just think with all the experience coming back and some new life at coaching, you know, some new energy, I think with all those talented guys coming back, I think Dykes gets them to uh, seven wins. So give me the over.
0: Okay, I was close, but I'm going to take the under. I don't think they get to seven. I think they, I think they go six and six, kind of like uh, Texas Tech. They, I mean, I got them penciled in for losses at Texas, at Baylor, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State at home, and then probably K State at home.
1: I would like to remind everybody that they've they've beat Texas seven out of the last ten seasons.
0: They have.
2: Hasn't everybody?
0: Uh, well, that's kind of the thing. Is I, I think this year's Texas team is maybe not the same. as.
1: Oh, geez. He's drinking the orange Kool-Aid. Okay, Where's the right.
2: Kool-Aid bucket, Eric? Step away from it.
1: <laughs> wait, wait for that Texas over here in a minute.
0: Yeah, if you're asking me, are they going to win the other seven games? I don't know that they are. So I'm going to say six and six, and so I'm on the under. We're still stuck on one unanimous. Uh, let's see if we can break the streak here. Timmy, I'm going to wrap you up with uh, – Your boy Mike Gundy, the Gundy brother who I honestly uh, probably would have picked to be forced out of his job for saying something he shouldn't have, but uh, (laughs) he's the one who's still employed. Oklahoma State, um, they were close to winning the conference last year. They come into the season with an eight-and-a-half win total. What's the outlook?
2: Um, So 12-2 and overall last year, eight-and-one in the conference, and then, of course, we all remember how they choked it off to Baylor And maybe Uh. choking off a dark horse playoff spot, you know, by virtue of that. But, hey, that's Mike Gundy, ladies and gentlemen, um, Jason's arch nemesis. Um, But looking at him coming back this year, they got 12 guys coming back, five on offense and seven on defense. You know, looking at the offense first, uh, I think Jason's favorite Big 12 quarterback is poised for a breakout season. You know, he loves to hate on Spencer Sanders. But, I mean, (laughs) the dude balled out last year, you know, 2,800 yards passing, 668 yards rushing, 20 TDs. He's been improving every year, and I think his senior year is going to be his best one yet. Um, So I like what, what he brings to the table. They did take some hits on the offensive line from from last year, and they're playing a little bit of Jenga, uh, kind of like TCU's doing, moving some guys around to to plug the holes and make it work. But, you know, overall the depth that they have is kind of lacking, and, and that unit really doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me. So I think there's going to be a little, r- little bit of regression on the offensive line. You know, and running back is kind of a similar situation where, you know, they lose their top running back and the number two guy gets elevated, you know, Basically, by virtue of being the only one with any experience on the, on the roster, because everybody else is a freshman. But I don't think he's the answer. And I think if some of these freshmen that they have coming in can make a name for themselves early, Gundy's going to give them the keys um, because they they do have some high pedigree kids coming in. And I just think they need a little bit of the opportunity to to show what they can do. You know, looking at the wide receivers, you know this should give you know Oklahoma State fans and and Spencer Sanders some excitement they're they're very young but they're very very talented and I like that combination between Sanders and the wide receivers to make some some big numbers this year flip it over to the defense you know this is where they shined last year you know they were the best defense in the Big 12 uh, right up there with Baylor and they only gave up 18 points per game which you know you don't hear that too often in the Big 12 that's pretty damn stingy and they got seven guys coming back from that unit on defense last year the problem is that it's the wrong seven guys (laughs) you know they lost massive production from last year's squad including six of their eight top tacklers they also lost their defensive coordinator who ejected to go to ohio state to take the same role you know so they kind of made a little bit of a splash hire and brought in Derek mason from auburn Who didn't really like what was going on down there? Said I'm getting the out of here, and ended up at Oklahoma State. It's kind of an even trade, maybe if you will. I, I don't know. But the good thing about him is, is he's not coming in and trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, with anything and I, and I kind of like that it's like you know hey we were really damn good on defense last year let's stick with what works let's just kind of fill in the holes from the guys that we lost and identify some new talent and, and that's kind of his philosophy and I like that but overall I think their defense is going to take you know a pretty significant step back from where they were last year still probably be pretty good but nowhere close to where they were last year but my my final thoughts on them is they're over under his eight and a half I can confidently say that they're going to win eight games. I'm on the fence, but basically I, I think that they steal one or two, and they can go over that eight and a half. So I'm putting my money on Gundy. He's probably going to let me down, but I'm going to do it anyway. Give me the over. Whew. Jason, I've been waiting all week to ask your thoughts
0: on Oklahoma State eight and a half.
1: Well, I don't know why it's any question. You should know my thoughts on Oklahoma State. So – Spencer Sanders, I don't give a shit what Timmy says. This guy's not good. I'm tired of hearing about him. Not going to crush him anymore. I did it last year. This team was a flash in the pan. They had a really elite defense last year. But the problem is, while they still have an elite defensive line, I will give them that. Their defensive line is really good. Should be the best in the Big 12, probably. Maybe Baylor, but. This team's defensive line is really, really good. Outside of that, they lost everybody else. Their whole defense is gone, and their defensive coordinator is gone. You know, their offense, it didn't light the world on fire last year. I mean, they put up 31 points a game compared to a team like Oklahoma that dropped 40. I, I'm not a fan. I, th- I think they took advantage of some teams that were down last year. You know, they. I mean, you look at some of the, t- the close games they had. They barely beat Texas. I mean, Texas had a lead in that game, choked it off. They beat Baylor in the regular season and then choked it off to Baylor at the end of the year. Squeaked out a win against Oklahoma, which was probably one of the best games of the year. If I, you know, just ballpark in that. We talked about that. But like Timmy said, the defense, it's not going to repeat. It's just not. They're not going to be as good on defense. That was their strength a year ago. That's how they got to 12-2. and Only with four starters back on the defense. I'm not buying it. I just don't see it. I think they go back to what they usually are, which is, you know, eight and five, eight and seven and six. I'm on the under here. I think they do get to eight wins. I'm not going to take under that, but I just don't think they get over to nine wins. I just don't like their schedule really. I mean, they do play Texas at home, but they got to go to Oklahoma. They got to go to Kansas State, to TCU. And probably the game that I. Am least excited to watch this year in college football them versus my other arch nemesis, Arizona State and Herm Edwards. I refuse to watch that game. The final score will probably be three to nothing. If I bet on it either way, I would lose. So give me the under.
2: Is it safe to say that Spencer Sanders is your Wake Forest?
1: <laughs> it's quite possible. Yes, I don't. I don't like him. I don't know why you like him. He's thrown double-digit interceptions for fucking four straight seasons. Like he's not good. Like God, I don't know why you're so high on
2: him. I'm not saying he's a Heisman contender, but the guy is above average. Man, he's not as bad as you make him out.
1: Kansas' quarterback's above average too. You're gonna crown him too while you're at it. If you want to crown him, then crown their ass.
0: Oh my goodness. All right. Well. <laughs> And yet another uh, display of not being able to agree on anything. I guess uh, Oklahoma State is another non unanimous pick, but I will take the over on them. I think their defense oh, obviously God. is not going to be as good. I do think their offense is a little better, and I think they can get tonight. I just don't see four losses on their schedule. To be honest, um, I just, I think they're still a pretty good team. So. I think they get to nine. And that is going to wrap up the uh, the first six of the 10 teams in the Big 12 because numbers don't mean anything anymore. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our friends at DraftKings. Jason, take it away.
1: Hey guys, DraftKings changed the fantasy game forever in 2012. Now, 10 years later, they're doing it again with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game. A new way to enjoy daily fantasy football and a new shot at millions in prizes the only nft fantasy game licensed by the nfl players association each week craft your lineups of athletes from your nft collection and rack up points for touchdowns receptions and more just like you would in daily fantasy football the next generation of fantasy sports is almost here download the DraftKings kings daily fantasy app now and sign up with the promo code tppn click the rainmakers tile and opt in so you can be ready for the next drop Play free for millions in prizes all football season and build the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers Football. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. South End Zone podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. All right, boys, we've covered a few of these teams, about six of them, and we've only agreed on what what's the tally at? Eric, one team, one, one, which was what, yes. what what Texas
0: Tech?
2: Or uh, we all State? took the over on Karate State. K- it State. was not the Kansas under. Surprise, <laughs> surprise.
1: <laughs> hey, man, like I said, I wouldn't bet that. It was just a it's just a hunch. It's just a podcast pick don't if you're a listener do not bet on the kansas over two and a half just fyi do it it. (laughs) but if you do bet it your odds are probably pretty good i don't know what i don't know what it's used to right now but i'm guessing it's plus something for the
0: over oh it's got to be it's got to be plump
1: (laughs) i don't know but uh all right so eric you're gonna close us out with these final four teams here so hope you did your research and your homework
0: oh you know i did
1: Oh yeah, you got some facts. So give me some facts about the Baylor Bears, the defending Big Twelve champs, twelve and two a year ago. Dave Aranda, they had a five and a half win total last year, and all of us took the under on it.
0: Yep, and they embarrassed us, and, and they a lot of made other people. us
1: yes eat crow. And they just, I mean, they, you know, it's not like anybody was penciling them in to be good. Okay, they went ten and four against the spread last year. So, like, it's just. They, they were a huge surprise, and so are they going to be able to maintain that momentum and win the Big 12 again this year?
0: Well, according to uh, the Big 12 media, yes, they are, because they got 17 first-place votes, uh, and they were the, the preseason uh, media poll pick to win the Big 12. So uh, as you guys know, I'm a facts guy, so let me give you some facts about Baylor. Uh, fact number one, they're bringing back four starters on the offensive line. So that's a plus. And then offensively, that is really the only thing that I know other than the name of the quarterback and what he did in limited action next year. Or last year, rather, uh, everything else is kind of a question mark. Um, their most experienced running back coming back, uh, Tay McWilliams has 17 carries last year. I don't know they're going. Yes, they're going to have wide receivers. I don't know who the best ones are going to be or how many, how that time is going to get split up. So they're bringing back 21 percent of their passing yards from last season, 21 percent of their receiving yards from last season, and 14 percent of their rushing yards. So outside of those four offensive line starters. All new faces. Uh, the quarterback they named the starter Blake Shapen. Uh, he got three starts last year, did fine. I mean, seventy-one percent completion, uh, averaged about one hundred and ninety yards a game, so he wasn't bad. Uh, and there's reason to think that he could improve on that with, you know, getting all the first team reps in camp and and actually getting more game experience. Uh, the strength of this team again is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. They have from their from their interior defensive line. They have the entire two deep back. Uh, six starters in total from the down linemen. They have two edge rushers, edge rushers back, uh, two pretty good players. They have two really experienced linebackers coming back, and they brought in a transfer from LSU named Josh White. So their front seven should be very, very good. Overall, I think seven and a half is too low. I, I get they have a lot of question marks on offense, but the strength of, of their team last year is the same as the strength of their team this year is is what it's going to be, and it's going to be the defensive side of the ball particularly the front seven and I think eight wins is perfectly achievable I mean I have them wins let's see Albany Texas State West Virginia Kansas Texas Tech TCU I don't like their chances with at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State all that much I don't I don't love that so really you know do they split two of the remaining four games yeah why not I I think they can get to eight and four so I'm on the over
2: on Baylor
1: Mm. all right Timmy tell him where he's wrong
2: he's wrong (laughs) bring it the problem for me with Baylor is basically their schedule again like I said before if if I was looking at last year's Baylor team and looking at last year's Big 12 I could probably talk myself into the over on this the Big 12 has a lot of teams that are going to be better than they were last year their road schedule is not easy you know they have a very tough uh, non-conference, you know, road trip, for example, to BYU. But I'm basically counting five tough road games for them. I'm not saying that they can't win any of those games, but the likelihood of them stealing two or even three of those five games is just too much for me. They, you know, that gets me to the under uh, at seven wins. So.
1: Ooh, under and over. Well, I'm going to join Timmy on the under on this one. I, I think they do have probably the best lines of scrimmage you know but i'm with timmy where i just don't have a lot of faith in the offense even though it's the big 12 to put up the same kind of you know star power they put up a year ago i think blake shapen is better than gary bohannon but i just don't know who he's going to be throwing to or handing it off to so
0: (laughs) yeah he doesn't either i mean that's fair
1: yeah so until i it's not like i'm this is like such a hard under seven and a half it's more of a you did it once show it to me again and i'll be a believer but until i see it again i'm gonna continue to bet the under so i would take the under based on the fact and you got to remember in the big 12 you know they play nine conference games so you got to remember those teams that get you know some of them get five big 12 home games and some of them get four you know and baylor is one of those that gets five road games plus the road game at byu And I just don't think, I don't like that. And I think they take a step back this year. And so give me the under on Baylor. I don't think they repeat. (sighs) But speaking of repeating, this morning I went and listened to the Big 12 preview from a year ago.
0: Oh my God, this is so embarrassing.
1: And holy shitballs. I hope, none of you, I hope none of you listeners actually listened to Timmy and Eric last year when we talked about Iowa State because, God, were they all over Matt Campbell's balls. And I told them that they were a smokescreen and an imposter. So who was right? <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. They went 7-6, and six, they were trash, and Timmy's monster is coming into the season with a 6.5 win total. So, Eric... Are we on the over on Iowa State again this year? Is he still building a monster, Timmy? Eric, hit me with it.
0: Okay, 7-6 and last year. From that team that won seven games last year, they are replacing, and this is a long list, their starting quarterback, the best running back they've ever had, (laughs) their two best tight ends, almost all of their defense. So I guess the short version is – I'll get this out of the way first. I'm i I'm, I'm not making the same mistake as last year. Give me the under. So their starting quarterback is probably going to be Hunter Deckers, who played in four games last year. He was 20 of 36 for 193 yards and two touchdowns. Okay, fine. They don't know who's going to be kind of the workhorse running back or the lead back. Uh, they got four guys that are probably going to play. They do bring back Xavier Hutchinson, who I think is a really good receiver. Uh, he had 987 yards last year, five touchdowns. And then offensively, that's kind of it, skill position wise. Uh, they bring back four offensive linemen with starting experience, and a fifth guy who started one game last year at the bowl game at left tackle. But three of those guys are changing positions from from last year, so I'm not ready to assume that that will be seamless. Defensively, they bring back Will McDonald, the fourth uh, at end at edge. He was first team All American, had 14 sacks last year. He's a fantastic player, and that's kind of it. So on the on the defensive side of the ball, they bring back 31% of their tackles from last season, 40% of their tackles for loss, and nobody on this current roster intercepted a pass last year. Their defense is going to be almost entirely new. And I, you know, it was kind of viewed as being a strength for them last season, and it sort of was, sort of wasn't. I just, that's part of it, uh, as they lost a ton from a what ends up being a pretty mediocre team and i don't like their schedule they got road games at iowa at oklahoma state at texas uh even at tcu is is might not be a gimme for them uh and then you get baylor and oklahoma so i don't you know i think they go two and one out of the conference i just don't see a seventh win
2: so uh i'm on the under
1: mm. smart move timmy what's your monster gonna do this year
2: So, Eric hit all the key points, man. Basically, last year was their shot, and they blew it, man. You know, they had a stacked roster, and they had the talent, but they just didn't get the results, Um, you know, and they're rebuilding on both sides of the ball. I can't touch the over with a 10-foot pole here, man. Give me the under. I think they'll go to a bowl game, but like Eric, I can't find that seventh win. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I would like to also point out that Timmy picked Iowa State to go to the playoffs last year. Uh, t- playoffs? Don't talk about
0: playoffs.
2: Who'd you pick to win the national championship? I don't remember. Do I, did he pick? Th- did
0: he pick them to go to the playoffs, or did he identify them as a dark horse? I did.
2: No, I. Oh, did. Oh wow. No. Okay, yeah. yeah Old playoffs. What what hotel room did DJU have at the Heisman Hotel last year? I don't remember. Was it- right next door to my guy.
1: Yeah, right next door to Spencer Rattler. <laughs> And Brees Hall.
2: Yeah, they all three were staying in the lobby in a sleeping bag. <laughs> they're,
0: they're, they're sharing a room. They made bunk beds like in Step Brothers to oh. make more room for hobbies and activities.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so looking at this team, man, I, I'm with you guys. I'm on the under here. Now, that being said, they lost four out of their five games last year by a touchdown or less. Okay, and the, t- the other one, they lost it by 10. So it's not like they got blown out in any game they just couldn't win the close games like like timmy said it was a letdown you know so it's like we said they were coming in with 20 starters and they just choked they you know they didn't know how to handle success and all the preseason hype so this much to replace i'm with you guys i I can't find I i just can't i can't get seven wins without them stealing one so i'm on the under for iowa state as well because uh it's iowa state and they suck uh speaking of teams that suck uh, let's talk about our last quote unquote sucky team here eric west virginia coming in with a five and a half win total this year last year six and seven got to a bowl what are they going to do this year because uh, i gotta be honest i'm not too optimistic what do you got
0: Well, let's revisit their real recent history under Neil Brown. In three years, he is 17 and 18. Uh, Each year, they have been 85th or worse in yards per play the last three seasons nationally. They've also been 82nd or worse in points per game. And last year, they allowed 38 sacks. So when talking about teams that suck, uh, offensively, boy, these guys fit the bill. We couldn't do diddly-poo offensively. So to rectify that, they bring in a new offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell. And they also bring in a new quarterback, JT Daniels, the transfer from Georgia who never actually lost a start at Georgia, but didn't play a whole lot. Cause he's hurt all the time. Uh, they lost some receivers. Uh, the best guy coming back at receivers, probably Sam James. He's going to play mostly in the slot, but he's got 140 something career catches there. Bryce Ford Wheaton. He's, he's, uh, just about 1200 yards in his career. There, so he's an experienced guy. Um, receiving wise, they'll be okay. They got a, a running back, Tony Mathis is probably going to be the main guy. He's, he had 300 yards last year as a backup. Now they do bring back all five offensive line starters. Uh, and those guys come up with a, a over 90 career starts. So they've been playing, they got a lot of experience playing as a unit, uh, which helps. But man, they're, you know, defensively, their top five tacklers from last year are gone, right? Six starters. Uh, Dante Stills, pretty good interior guy, uh 43 tackles for loss in his career he's been two time all conference defensively that's kind of it so if i had more faith that jt daniels could stay upright and play in all 12 games i would be more tempted to take the over but i'm going to say they go five and seven and take the under
1: damn all right well timmy what are they going to do agree disagree
2: wrong (laughs) um wait you know what
1: you're going over
2: This isn't this isn't like one of those ones that I'm gonna bust out the hammer for though. Um, they were they're a really hard team to predict. Like Eric said, they're trying to figure out, you know, how they're gonna replace key pieces on their defense. They have a lot of, of newness on the offense, but I think if their offense works, it's going to really work. And if they can be consistent with that, I think they can hang with just about anybody in the Big Twelve. And I think that they will. I think they're gonna go I think they're gonna go over. I, I think they can get to six or seven wins this year. They're they're scrappy, man. Look out for the Mountaineers this year. You're nuts.
1: All right. Well I'm gonna cold water coming in on that. I would like to point this out to you because I'm not sure if you've dusted off the schedule and looked at it. At Pittsburgh, week one, that's an L. Then they play Kansas at home, win. Towson, win. At Virginia Tech, are they gonna go up there and get a win?
0: Maybe. Exactly, maybe. That's not a gimme.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. At Virginia Tech, I mean, kid me, that place will be rocking. At Texas, loss. Baylor, loss. At Texas Tech, meh, who knows. TCU, who knows. At Iowa State, don't like that a whole lot. And then they close out the season with Oklahoma, Kansas State, At Oklahoma State, loss, loss, loss. I honestly think if JT Daniels gets hurt, which I expect him to, this season could be a fucking disaster. Like, I'm talking three and nine. Like, not good. So give me the under all day long. I think five and seven at best. I don't see him getting to a bowl game, and I think at the end of the year, Neil Brown's packing his fucking bags and he's going home.
0: Is he going home or is he going to Tuscaloosa?
1: i'm not sure he's quite enough uh, got a, got <laughs> Is, enough pedigree to even make it in to you know, he's I not he's appl- not wayward coach material no i think his application <laughs> gets denied and he goes somewhere else for a rehab stint but last but certainly not least on the docket we saved this one for last because it's a. Uh, Honestly, I have no idea what's about to happen. So, Eric, we've talked at length about why Texas is not back. Spoiler alert: they're not back. Talk to me about the Longhorns, man. Is it going to be horns up or horns fucking down?
0: I I hadn't decided until like an hour ago. Just to recap, last year, five and seven, which included a six-game losing streak, which in, included a home loss to Kansas. Uh, averaged thirty-five point three a game. Unfortunately, they gave up thirty-one. They blew a lot of leads in the second half, couldn't stop anybody. And there are some new faces, some old faces. Uh, I don't know that they're necessarily better, and I really don't know that they're four games better from last year. So uh, Hudson Card started off the season as the starter, got benched, I believe, after the second or third game. He was okay. He um, only threw one pick against five touchdowns, 61%, 590 yards. He's coming back. He might start, or it might be Quinn Ewers, who is among the highest-rated quarterback recruits in the modern era, who transferred from Ohio State after taking two snaps and handing it off twice. So quarterback, a little bit of an unknown. Whoever the quarterback is, is going to be handing it off to an absolute stud in Bijan Robinson, who ran for 1,100-plus and 11 touchdowns last year, uh, just under six yards a carry added four touchdowns receiving. He he might be the best all-around back in the country. Uh, He's certainly in the discussion. They have a really, really good receiver, Xavier Worthy, who we've talked about before, 62 catches, 981 yards, 12 scores. They also bring back Jordan Whittington, who was a little bit more of a kind of second or third option guy, but he 370 yards and three touchdowns. He missed four games too. He was hurt, but they also brought in a transfer from Wyoming who uh, in a couple of years there totaled out uh, just under 900 yards and 12 touchdowns, Isaiah Nair. So receiver-wise, I think they have a talented group. Uh, They're deciding between two tight ends, probably split time, uh, Jatavian Sanders and Jaleel Billingsley, who is the Alabama transfer. Now, up front is where I start to maybe wonder... They have three offensive line starters coming back, but they're coming back from an offensive line that was bad last year. Not even just not very good. They were bad.
2: We sucked.
0: And those guys, even though they started some games last year, they don't have a ton of experience. The new starters on the offensive line are probably going to include at least one freshman, possibly two. And these are not early enrollee spring ball guys. These are fall camp reporting, uh, like new, new guys. So, For a team that likes to go down the field a lot, they were 19th in the country in 15 yard pass attempts or 15 plus yard pass attempts last year. Boy, I don't, I'm questionable on the line. Defensively, I'm super questionable on the line because they gave up 202 rushing yards a game last year, over five yards in a camp. You know, they gave up 68 runs of 10 plus yards. That's five, that's almost six a game. So that, I mean, that's awful. There's just no other way to describe it. It is fucking terrible. They get six defensive linemen back. They're going to rotate those guys. But, I mean, as a unit, they sucked last year. They're probably going to suck this year. They've got okay depth at linebacker. Uh, They brought in a transfer from James Madison, who was an FCS All-American. Who knows how that's going to translate to the Big 12. They're pretty deep. You know, they got guys who can play the nickel and play safety. They only have one returning outside corner. So, ugh. I just I couldn't do it. I was tempted to because they they are a really talented team offensively and they might be able to just straight up outscore some people. But I I couldn't talk myself into picking Texas to win nine games. So under.
1: Ooh, all right, Timmy. Do I need to give you the hammer and the button?
2: Uh, no hammer. All right, this team is a little bit. Hard to to gauge just based on, you know, the talent that they have on the roster. But until they can prove to me that they can actually do something with that talent, I'm not buying it. You know, I can confidently say they'll win seven games this year. But, you know, you you read online and, and, you know, all that good stuff. And you hear people talking about, you know, this is a 10-win team and they should be competing for a Big 12 championship. Save that shit. Uh, No, I I, I just can't take the over until I see it, man. So, no, under.
1: I can't believe neither one of you mentioned the fact that this team got a first place vote in the coaches poll.
0: Uh, That's a troll. That's got to be a troll job.
1: Yeah, number 17, Texas, or number 18, gets a first place vote. I, mm, I can't wait till the end of the season to find out who voted them number one, because that just... Sarkeesian's not on the list of voters, so it wasn't him. I don't know. I don't see how anybody that's got any kind of sense could vote this team number one in the country. It makes, like, that's got to be some staffer for some coach who didn't even look at it. I, I don't know. But I'm on the under here. Yes, they will be Louisiana Monroe, but I think Alabama drills them in week two. UTSA was a scrappy team last year, but I think Texas wins that. At Texas Tech, I like them to win that. So I think they start three and one. Then West Virginia I mean they they've they've had some trouble with West Virginia lately. Lost to them last year. Even when they've beat them recently, it's been close. So that one's kind of a toss-up for me. Oklahoma, I I don't know. It's tough, man. That that was such a close game. So circle that one as well. Iowa State fucking destroyed them last year. Don't think Iowa State's anywhere near that good this year, but still circle it for me. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, that's another tough one. At Kansas State, another tough one. And then TCU at home at Kansas. Whew, that might be the game I'm most excited to watch this year: Texas at Kansas. I can't wait for that matchup. That'll be interesting. And then Book Baylor, to, and then and then Baylor to close out the season at home. I, I, I just don't see it, man. I, I'm not buying it. They haven't proven to me, and they didn't add any real big time defensive freshmen who I think can come in and contribute right away and make a big difference enough to move the needle. But when I see 426 yards and 202 yards on the ground last year and only 20 sacks, and of those 20 sacks, like, they're not bringing anybody back that had any meaningful sacks last year. So I don't know where the pass rush is going to come from. Yours is immensely talented, but I wonder if skipping his senior year of high school is detrimental Compared to spending a year sitting on the pine at Ohio State, I don't know. But I got news for Quinn Ewers. If he's starting, he's never seen a defense like he's going to see in week two. And the guy's never played college football, and he's got the likes of Will Anderson and Dallas Turner coming and hitting him in the mouth. I think their season could go one or two ways, bottom line. I think they can – if they go, if they go out and put up a good showing against Alabama and it looks halfway decent and they lose by, say, 14 – you know, okay, Show me. they showed me a little bit. Maybe they can have a good year. But if they go out and get their doors blown off, chalk it up, dude, under. Sarkeesian's in for a long year, if that's the case. Because, I mean, some of these teams in the Big 12, like we said, are probably better than they were, was much better than them last year, and some of them are slated to improve. So, I don't know. All three of us are on the under there, and the all three of us were over on Kansas State, and that is the only two that we unanimously agreed upon.
0: No, we were, we were all under on Iowa State as well.
1: Ah, yeah, okay, so three. So, yeah, so I set the line at three and a half, so we hit the under, barely. Nice. Well, boys and girls, I don't know, bold predictions. All right, Timmy, I'm starting with you. Who's winning the Big 12? Give it to me.
2: Um, Well, by virtue of my picks, I have to say that Oklahoma would be the better's favorite. Something just tells me that Oklahoma State's going to come out of the Big 12. I don't know why, so I'm going to go with them.
1: Gundy. I can't believe you're betting on Gundy. Well, you're going to pay for that. I'm tell you right now, that one's coming out of your ass at the end of the year, Eric. What about
0: you? Yeah, it's probably coming out of mine too. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to lean Oklahoma State as well.
1: Oh my God, both of you fuckers are picking Oklahoma State and Gundy to win the Big Twelve after that choke job last year. I I can't believe you.
0: I'm looking at your <sighs> picks, trying to figure out who your choice is because you're over you're over on three out of ten teams.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be, now, spoiler alert, bold prediction-wise, the Big 12 will not have a playoff team. And if they do, it'll probably be Oklahoma, but I just don't see them. I think Oklahoma comes out of the Big 12 or Baylor, but I lean more Oklahoma there. I think Baylor takes a step back on offense too much. A caveat to that is if Dylan Gabriel stays healthy. If he doesn't stay healthy, then I have no idea who wins the Big 12. Could be Gundy. Could be Baylor, could be Texas for all I know. But I think if Oklahoma keeps their guys healthy, they they win the Big 12. So that would be my just de facto pick, assuming no injuries happen. SEC West next week. Holy shit. Toughest division in football, Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, who Timmy is extremely high on this year, clearly, after putting him at number four in his offseason poll. you still is high on him this
2: year. I'm going to make you wait to find out. The suspense is killing me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. Not really. All right. Well, we'll be back with you next week with the SEC West, and then we will close out the offseason with the SEC East the week after that and our Week Zero bets and bowl predictions. So, uh, until then... We would like to thank our corporate sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook, and our other sponsors as well. And we'll be back with you next week with the best conference in football, the SEC. See you then. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day.